on today's episode of the Elder Law Coach Podcast. So having the time to, to prepare your parents or other loved ones about what's really necessary to go through this process is really important because you can't wait to the last minute because there's, there's a lot that has to be done. There's a lot that has to be processed by you, the individual who is the caretaker and also the person that you're taking care of. Are you an attorney that wants to help seniors have peace of mind and not go broke paying for the care that they need? But you also want to make better money than you're making right now. This is Elder Law in a Box. You'll become proficient helpers of the aging. Now your host, certified elder law attorney and past president of the National Elder Law Foundation. This is Elder Law in a Box. And this is Todd Watley. That's right. This is the Elder Law in a Box podcast, also soon to be coming the Elder Law Coach podcast. And I am very happy today. Normally, I do these podcasts by myself, but today I have a co-host. And if you've ever listened to my other podcast, which is Answers on Aging, my co-host there is Sarah Scott. And so Sarah has joined me today because we're going to do this podcast for this um podcast and for the Answers on Aging podcast. So, hey, Sarah, thanks for helping me today. Hey, I'm happy to, Todd, and excited to learn about a lot of interesting things with your Elder Law Coaching podcast and from our special guest today. Yeah. So, I'm excited today because I I promise everyone I did not elicit this. He came to me and said, hey, Todd, I think we should do this. And um, my guest today is Macintosh Yule. He is a now a friend of mine, but he started out as a client's son who he came to me for his parents and we did some work and uh, did some really interesting things for him. And so he wanted to come on and uh, talk about that. And I, I thought that would be a great way for my coaching clients and people to learn. Here's how it works in real life. So Mac, thanks for joining us today. Absolutely. Very glad to finally work out our schedule so we can get together. (laughs) That was was a little bit difficult. So just so people know a little bit about you, what do you do for a living? I am a government contractor, uh, pretty much in the IT space, but I'm a program and project manager. Okay. I knew that you were really into computers and <laughs> government computers. So that's got to be a fun job. <laughs> so, oh, absolutely. <laughs> Never a dull moment. That's for sure. I, I can imagine. So, all right. So tell us a little bit about, and by the way, this is a springboard for another podcast because we can't spend a whole lot of time on Mac's father. But his father was an amazing gentleman, and I think we're going to do a full podcast just on his dad. But as an introductory you know, segment here, tell us about your parents and how you came to meet me. It was in September of 2006, I believe. My both parents, they were ailing. My dad was at this point a little worse than my mom, at least so we thought, and I I live in the Maryland area, and I decided to come home and see what I could do to help. So I was able to uh, do a power of attorney with you, and that's really why I called. But part of the other uh, purpose of the trip 
was to get my dad into the hospital so he could be evaluated and get access to uh, Medicare so he could have a stay and then we could get him in a nursing home. That was the purpose of the trip. Because I wanted to get a power of attorney, I was able to work with my mom and she agreed and we came to your office and had a fantastic meeting. Mm -hmm. So just, I'm sure Sarah's interested in, in our listeners maybe, why did you coming here have to, and my point is, you coming here instigated something being done. Were they just kind of caught up in their life and probably not doing some things they probably should have been doing? That's absolutely true. I mean, people from that general, well, I say some people from that general age group didn't really do much more than go to work, make their money, retire, and go off into the sunset. There wasn't a lot of pre-planning involved in terms of elder care issues. I think I actually heard a commercial about your your law office. I don't remember. I don't remember if if I was in Maryland when I heard it or when I was already in Little Rock. But I had already set up the appointment. Tried to set up the appointment before I came down there. So I must have became, become aware of it before I came to Little Rock. And I was trying to help guide them because they were they were in you know older age at that at that point in time. So I wanted to have them have less worries for what's going to happen once they transition to the next phase. So, Mac, I'm curious, whenever you came back and saw them during this trip, what was something that just really stood out to you that was a huge red flag or something so alarming that compelled you to take action? My dad was, he's probably 6'2", maybe around 200, maybe 210. My mother is four, 10, maybe five feet and about 95 pounds wet. Wow. <laughs> my, my dad, my dad is blind. My, my mother has been his caretaker throughout their marriage. They were married 53 years before my mom passed away in 2007. Yeah. So I knew that she could no longer take care of him at the level that she had previously. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Were they, was your mom in overall pretty decent health or was her health failing as well? Her health was failing as well. She had okay. COPD. Okay. And you and she had an aneurysm in ninety seven. So some mm. of her faculties were failing as well. But you couldn't really tell it. But she would do things like go to the store every day, buy the same things that she bought the previous day. Mm -hmm. And often she would leave bags of groceries in the trunk. And mm -hmm. some of them would be, some of them would be perishable. And then when they did make it into the house, mm -hmm. they would sit on the living room floor on the okay. living room floor. So things you walk into the house and my gosh, some of the rancid meat would hit you as soon as you Ooh. open the door. Goodness. And we, we've done a podcast talking about how it's important to go visit yeah. your parents that yeah. phone calls, you can make a phone call and think everything's fine, mm -hmm. but it's until you go visit and it's the holidays is when we get so busy because the kids finally come in and we encourage our, our, clients our listeners to go visit your parents yeah. because things like that leaving something in the truck you can't pick that up on a phone call uh -uh. or leaving things in the floor you can't pick that up you've got to go visit and yeah. you know maybe not you but have a friend or someone nearby next door neighbor go visit yeah. because it's laying eyes on them is what brings this to light so mm -hmm. many times mm -hmm. so so I'm curious then Mac what was it specifically about 
working with Todd and how you think it, you know, eventually turned out, the results that you were able to get versus just picking a run-of-the-mill general attorney? I thought, like I said, I believe it was a commercial or some advertisement that I heard because I was looking for an elder care attorney. Some Someone relayed that term to me. I had not heard it before. Uh-huh. So once I did, I came across Todd. And I think the first thing, point of order when I came home in 2006 was to get my dad in the hospital. We were able to get that done. Once that was done, my mother and I went to go visit Todd and had a really good session out there where he laid everything out, how to separate assets, how to sort of spin down spin down assets in preparation for Medicaid if you wanted to, to go that route. Uh, but but the communication from the the ad, the messaging, the commercial, whatever, it was very clear. It was to the point, and I actually felt some a degree of compassion when when I heard or read the information. So I said, "This is the person I want to see." Cool, that's good. So um, let's talk about the power of attorney. I, if you listen to me speak, any public presentation I do and just about every podcast I I bring up that the power of attorney I think is the most important document and in your notes you mentioned that and so tell our listeners what was so important about the power of attorney and how it helped you so I didn't really know what to expect. I've had powers of attorneys before, but never really had to execute them because I traveled internationally. So I wanted my wife to have all those kind of things in case she needed to execute things on my behalf. And you not only talked to my mother and I, you came to the hospital to present things to my dad because we, as I mentioned earlier, we had him in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Now, my dad being blind, people don't really know this, but Often people, when they go to the blind schools, they're actually taught how to write their signature. Sure. So you you explained everything to dad. Mom was there. Mom had already signed hers. Dad sat up in the bed, and he signed his. And I think that was somewhat surprising when, when you – I can't remember who was with you at the time, but yeah. it was a little surprising. And I've seen that throughout my life. Sure. But more importantly to your question, I wanted to be able to help them manage their affairs and act on their behalf. And from my understanding, powers of attorneys allow you to do that. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, you mentioned you moved your dad to Maryland – and you went to see another attorney. What did that attorney tell you? I went to see him because obviously he was in Maryland. My dad was in Maryland at that time, so I wasn't sure the laws between Arkansas and Maryland might be a little different. So we had an appointment. He looked at the power of attorney, and he looked at me. He said, this is one of the most comprehensive power of attorneys that I have seen, and I've seen a lot of, and this man, and, and this, this actually man was a cool, this, this attorney was a cool old man also. <laughs> so, so he had seen a lot of power of attorneys and just had a lot of, a lot of experience in his life. And he just recommended that unless there were some glaring issues that I go back and work with you and just continue what we had already started. Nice. So did you have any trouble doing anything under that power of attorney? I had zero, zero trouble. 
at Yay. all. <laughs> None. And even 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 the point when I had to send the copies of the power attorney to my mother's accounts, my dad's accounts, and so on and so forth, they looked at it and said, Okay, you can do whatever whatever you need to do. Hey, that's, that's pretty much that's pretty much what I was able to accomplish. Good. Okay. That gives me chills, honestly. It's like that's that's how it works. So grinning from ear to ear right now. (laughs) (laughs) And then we also did something with the house. Talk about that if you would for just a second. That's right. This was you explained something called a life estate. You explained it when we were in your office meeting with me and my mother. And basically what the way you explained it, it allowed the 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 parent or the parents to live in the house throughout their life, it would be a legal document that essentially would transfer the, the property to the person that I guess it would be the trustee in the life estate on the, on the parent's death. And in, in my situation, my mother preceded my dad. My dad died in 2010, but essentially he was in the hospital almost three weeks. And I had about a week to reach out to you execute this life estate and get it signed, get it notarized and get it filed before my dad passed away. Yeah. And it, and it, and it worked perfect because when I came back down to Arkansas after dad passed away, went to the assessor's office uh, and took the, the documents to them and his death certificate in about 30 days, the, the property transferred to me outside of probate. And now that's one of the things that you had stressed Uh, as well. You try to make sure those things happen outside of probate. Absolutely. Yeah. Yay. So, I mean, that's, and for our listeners out there, you've got to understand this has got to be done quickly. I mean, if you're going to be a good elder law attorney, when, when someone comes to you, you know, if they're 30 or 40, you probably have decades to get things done when they're, you know, in the hospital, possibly on their deathbed, the actions you take today or tomorrow, taking the time to draft a deed and do it and get it signed, you know, go through the effort can save the family thousands of dollars mm-hmm. in a year of headaches going through probate. And I just encourage our listeners, you've got to take this seriously. And when someone hires you, you've got to jump on this case quick. You know, we've, we've done cases where they came in on Friday and it's like, we're not sure they're going to make it through the weekend. I was like, oh man, I'm busy. And so you just go, you do it and you just do it. And, you know, the families are so thankful. And, you know, this is a prime example. Here is someone 16 years later who still (laughs) is my friend and says, thank you for, for doing this. And so I tell our listeners all the time, this is the best job in the world. I don't know why more attorneys don't do it. And this is a great example. So, um, Mac, I'm, I have another question for, especially for the Answers on Aging podcast listeners who aren't necessarily attorneys, just regular, everyday people taking care of their aging parents. What do you think was um, a big takeaway after this experience and working with Todd and going home, finding mom and dad and, you know, less than desirable shape and having to take all these actions, what would be a good takeaway from that experience that you would want other people in your situation to know and to take action on? I think the the biggest takeaway for me is to make sure people who might 
be in the situation or maybe approaching the situation is carve out time to see your parents, to have conversations with your parents or, or other members of your family that you might be taking care of and make sure that you walk through all of the steps that have to be done. When we met with you, Todd, you gave us, first of all, you met with us, it was at least a couple of hours and you laid everything out on the table. And I think that's why I remember when my father was almost passing, I remember specifically you talking about the life estate. Right. So, so having the time to, to prepare your parents or other loved ones about what's really necessary to go through this process is really important because you can't wait to the last minute because there, there's a lot that has to be done. There's a lot that has to be processed by you, the individual who is the caretaker and also the person that you're taking care of. Very good Very point. Important. Very important. Um, so, you know, one of your notes talks about baby boomers, okay, and how they are now kind of in a sandwich generation. You know, um, you've lost both of both of your parents. I've lost both of my parents now, and so, you know, we we've gone through that. But um, it isn't important for this age group to understand that, you know, just like with physicians, there are specialty physicians for each medical condition that you have. And people don't think about that with lawyers. And it, and one of my goals is to just, you know, get out there that there are attorneys focused on the issues of aging. And there are very unique situations, just, just like you've brought up. And so is there anything else you you would like to add to that or, or, or emphasize that it's important to find someone specifically, you know, focused on those issues. Well, the interesting thing is that one of my daughters is a lawyer. She's a, she's a trademark attorney oh, wow. and works for the patent and trademark, patent and trademark office. Yeah. Her, her, field of practice is very specialized. She doesn't know anything about elder care. Sure. <laughs> and I know that because I asked her. <laughs> so I think I think to really get to the the right person, you need to find a specialist because someone could give you incorrect information who might be a generalist. Mm -hmm. And then when you need to pull the trigger to execute something, you've got the wrong paperwork. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing you can do after the fact. Yeah. Yeah. Once the person's incapacitated you're stuck with what you have mm -hmm. that's right and that is yeah that is one of my soapbox sarah's giving me <laughs> that over here don't 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 go there <laughs> so, that's another episode that's a whole nother episode but yes that is one of my soapboxes that you know people that you know attorneys ethical rules rule 1.1 is only practice in areas that you know what you're doing. I mean, be competent and that seems to make sense, but there's so many people who come in and say, well, I went to see attorney, whoever, and he said to do, and I just like, Oh my God, that's the worst advice ever. So just practice it. You know, and I'll admit, I don't know a thing about patents. And so if someone needs a patent attorney, she's the one to do it. But yeah. Yeah. well, so, we refer out all the time. We refer out a lot we of folks. We refer out a lot of folks with tax attorneys, and criminal defense and, and everything real in between estate real estate. So yeah, stick with what you know. Stick with what you know. Mm -hmm. Actually, I have a question for you, Ty. Sort of in that same vein. Okay. Are you finding it difficult to compete with all of the online resources for? Well, we'll we're talking about elder care, 
but you can go to some of these websites and they'll give you a package. Sure. Do you, have you ever had anyone who did that and then found out it didn't meet their needs and then they were able to get to you and you were able to straighten them out? All the time. Yes. I, I fuss about online documents because, yes, you can download just about any document you want. But what I tell people is like, this is dealing with your lifetime savings. You've worked your whole life, and most of our clients are 65 or 70 or older, and so they've accumulated this stuff over a full lifetime, and now you want to rely on, and if you'll notice the language for LegalZoom or whatever, it, it says, we we draft documents at your direction. Well, you don't know what you're doing, okay? And they will give you some forms, but, you know, there's just so many things people do that seem to make sense. It's like, oh, I have three kids. I'll name all three of them as trustees. That's, you're just asking for trouble, you know, or I I want my wife to be my POA. I don't need to go past that. You know, there is no alternate. And so if she dies, you, you now have no power of attorney. And it's just simple things like that. And I did a whole presentation yesterday on powers of attorney. And one of the, the things that we talked about is gifting language, you know, with Medicaid, you need to be able to give. But if you ask a eight-year-old, do you want your agent to be able to give away your, when they see that option on the power of attorney, they're like, no, I don't want my, my agent giving away my money. So they don't check that. (laughs) And then they need Medicaid and their kid comes to see me. And I'm like, she didn't initial this one blank and I can't help you. So therefore you lose everything. And they're like, but wait, had she initialed this, we could save. So yeah, I could have saved everything had she initialed this. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I wish we would have come to see you. And I was like, I know. <laughs> I just yeah. do my best to try to tell people. You know, this is important stuff. You don't get your medical care. Well, some people do get their medical care offline. But, you know, it, this is important stuff. And it's, yeah, it's extremely frustrating. And I, I do as much public speaking as I can to try to counter that. And, mm-hmm. and the internet and, you know, stuff is helping some for us to do that. But it is very frustrating because a lot of times that generation is very tight money wise and they just don't want right. to spend the, the few hundred dollars to get really good advice. Mm-hmm. That, that, is, that is so true. And and when, with respect to the asset, is it still, for Medicaid, is it still a five-year look-back period? Yes, that is correct. Okay. Yeah, so if you are giving things away, not between spouses, gifts between spouses are not subject to the penalty, and so therefore you can do that, and that's how we save large amounts of assets for a married couple. But even with a single person, we do gifting as the person's going in, to the nursing home, we just work our way through it, you know, under the rules. But gifting is crucial. You've got to be able to give away assets for us to do Medicaid planning. And if you don't allow that, allow your agent to do gifting, you could lose everything. And it just, ugh, it just hurts. So, wow. all right, man. Um, anything else on this topic that you would like to talk about? Well, here's here's a here's a topic, and it it might be a little off topic, okay. but what if what if uh, a child is is taking care of a parent, and that child is the only caretaker, and that child predeceases the parent or parents or loved one that they're caring for? What happens then? Oh gosh, it's likely going to be 
the state will be awarded guardianship if somebody isn't able to step in and take care of that parent. Yeah, thankfully they were growing. I mean, Northwest Arkansas, to be so advanced in so many ways, has not had a good source of commercial trustees, commercial um, caregivers, Mm -hmm. you know, to hire someone to come in and take control. You know, you can hire someone to come in, but someone's got to hire them. And if the person's incapacitated, they can't do that. And so we are slowly getting, but pretty much throughout the country, there are people called geriatric care managers or Mm -hmm. companies out there that you can actually hire to come in and take care. They will be your healthcare power of attorney. They will be your, your financial power of attorney and they will provide the care. So we're getting there. (laughs) Another one of my soapboxes is, you know, people always donate money to um, kid charities and pet charities. Okay. But when it comes to the old people, it's like, well, you know, I would rather give my money to the Humane Society, which I am not anti-Humane Society, but I'm very pro-old people, too. Yeah. You know, there's some older people out there who need help and, and need things, and I'm very pro doing that, but sadly, it's just just not out there. And so that is a growing, and Sarah does a business where she does care navigation, and will help people figure out where to go. But if if a caregiver child passes away, it gets ugly real fast. Yeah, yeah, it does. And it's it like Todd said, the if it's not guardianship from the state, it's usually pre-planned for a geriatric care management agency or private provider. But those things have to be in place before that adult child passes away. Usually, mm-hmm. wow. Not to think about. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Plan ahead. Please plan ahead. So, mm-hmm. all right. Anything else? I think that pretty much covers it. This has been a great experience for me. <laughs> okay. I don't know about you all. Yes. Well, I, I truly do appreciate you bringing this up and, and, and saying that you wanted to do this because Sarah will say, I'm, I'm very hesitant to talk about myself and mm-hmm. talk about doing that but you know I do my best to do a, a good job and your situation was one that doing what every elder law attorney should do worked very well for you and allowed you to get through this experience which is bad you know losing both parents but doing it as easily as possible and having things tied up in a bow basically mm-hmm. to say it's taken care of and you were able to do everything you needed to do without going to court. Neither one of us had to put on a suit and go to court through this. The, the documents worked and everything worked out fantastic. And so I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm very happy that I met you through this process and I appreciate you saying that. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. Thank you. All right, y'all. Thank you very much for listening. As always, you can, uh, Send us a message, email me, Todd at ToddWatleyPA.com or ElderLawInABox.com, and I would love to talk to you. All right. Thank you. Thank you all. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Elder Law in a Box, helping you help seniors have peace of mind and not go broke paying for the care that they need. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from the show. But it doesn't stop here. If you want to learn more about letting Todd be your elder law coach, 
Find him at www.elderlawinabox.com and find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, all at Elder Law in a Box. Thanks for listening. Until next time.